and welcome to episode 22 of Fitness Unfiltered. I'm Jocelyn Thompson-Rule and today I speak with the brain that is Keris Marsden. Now Keris is a naturopathic nutritional therapist and she also lectures in nutrition and hormones and all of that good stuff. You'll have seen her at my Women in Fitness Summit, she's spoken twice at it and basically she is my go-to on all things hormones and health. Now, it's a bit of a different conversation between Keris and I this time because Keris has herself been on quite the health journey this year. So we discussed that a lot over this episode and we really agree on how important the mind-body connection is in terms of health and wellness. We chat a lot about that at the end. As ever, I hope you enjoy the show. If you do, I would love you to leave a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. That is it from me. Enjoy the show. Keris, how are you doing? I'm not too bad. Nice to be here. Thank you for, I want to say thank you for coming. Obviously, you're sitting at home and I'm sitting at home, but thank you for coming on the podcast. Karis, <laughs> um, I feel like this is such a long time coming. Yay to you being here. I know that you've spoken at, at several of the Women in Fitness Summits, so but I haven't had you on my podcast yet. So I'm so, so excited to have you on here. So do you want to tell the people a little bit about yourself? First of all, thank you for having me. It's weird not seeing your face. I always like to see your face, but (laughs) just talking to a computer screen right now. So yeah, um, my background is basically kind of, I'm from the fitness industry, very, very passionate about health and fitness, nutrition as well, just from my own journey. But I've also kind of transitioned over into nutritional therapy and yoga more recently over time. What else can I tell you? I'm also a lecturer. Generally, the reason that I'm kind of very geeky about all this stuff is my own experience and the fact that I think I also have a real passion for helping people. And it often kind of starts with a friend or a family member or a client that I I want to kind of help a little bit more. So I dig a bit deeper, go on a course, learn some more about a supplement or some food or some breathing exercises. And then I start to, you know, kind of go from there. So I remember you saying, you know, if you want to learn something, really well then you have to teach it and then I think the next time I saw you then you you were actually lecturing in nutrition so you're definitely doing that thing and are a literal brain <laughs> on nutrition when you learn something that's so useful you just want to tell other people about it and that's how I genuinely feel yeah. about every kind of stage in my journey it started off with just going out for a run one day and feeling a massive difference in terms of everything from my energy to my mindset, my ability to study at university, my confidence, my self-esteem. So then it's kind Mm. of like tell other people about that. Then you start to get into weight training, same thing. You're like, this is amazing. You should come weight training, you know, like confidence grows, skill set grow, you know, memories even better for doing all the exercise. And it's just been that kind of effect on me in every stage in my kind of nutrition and fitness journey. So then I changed my nutrition and, you know, it just goes from there. Usually, Keris, when you speak at the Women in Fitness Summit or what was the, the very first one was that, that her story, um, wasn't oh, it? Yeah, I think yeah. that you spoke at many moons ago when I was pregnant with Bjorn. And each time you always speak about um, hormones and um, nutrition and all of that good stuff. But you've been on quite the journey yourself this year, haven't you, in terms of your own health? Yeah, I mean, I suppose my kind of interest in hormones started, you know, that was one of the reasons that I kind of entered into wanting to get fit and um, changing my nutrition was because I had a lot of hormonal problems as a teenager, had 
polycystic ovarian syndrome. I had acne. I was always being put on different pills. And then that kind of led to a lot of antibiotic treatment as well for the acne, led to irritable bowel syndrome. And that kind of, then I got more of an interest in nutrition and kind of digestive health as well. And recently this year, so now I run a business with my partner. So that's quite an intense thing to do. So we uh, you know, run a fitness and nutrition business online. I also work now lecturing and teaching nutrition, have personal clients and I do corporate work. And at the kind of middle of last year, just ended up just crashing out with loads and loads of different health issues. It was kind of hormones, it was digestive problems and just real kind of fatigue. And I've had to spend about the last nine months just really transforming everything and everything I tell everyone else to do, <laughs> I've had to really implement on my on myself. Because one of the things that you tend to see in, in fitness, nutrition, in fact, any, I would say any profession where you're responsible for lots of other people. So I also put kind of teaching in this bracket is you just start to put everybody before yourself and your own kind of self-care and health starts to really struggle. And I think mine for a long time has been giving me little bits of feedback that it wasn't happy. Like that was hormones, that was digestive health, mood, you know, those type, you know, seeing these kind of mood swings. And I've essentially, I was just so into what I was doing work-wise, so kind of driven. I'm very kind of projects and deadlines and, you know, that's when I'm on fire that I was just dismissing a lot of it. And it just all caught up with me. And guess when? On holiday of all the times. <laughs> yeah, that's it, isn't it? When your body's like finally chilling out. <laughs> so, yeah, and I always often say this when I'm teaching and lecturing, I'm like, you often see clients who will go for years and years at like full speed and then they go on holiday and then it's like adrenaline drops and their immune system and their hormones are like, right, we've got some things to sort out. And that mm. happened to me. And it's been at the time, uh, like the last few months, it's been really hard because you also feel like you're supposed to be an example in this industry, whether you're teaching you know, nutrition, fitness, you want to, I've always wanted to kind of say I lead by example, but equally, I'm really good at screwing up my own health <laughs> in the process. And that's what I've essentially done. But I think it's also been helpful to me because I've learned, again, just a, a ton more about the human body. And it's been really useful for coaching other clients because you can really empathize with what they're going through so you know and I also can tell them some things that I've done and how I've coped with the situation and I have to say it's been like training for lockdown because for about nine months I've had to cook all my own food <laughs> eat quite a restricted diet because of digestive problems go to bed really early not really been out and done much missed, missed every social occasion going and um you know kind of Christmas Easter all of it I was like nah, none of it can really happen for me because you know I just you know, had all these kind of health issues. And I really got into a routine with it and eventually started to really appreciate so many other things about life that I was just like sprinting past is the best way I can put it. So again, it kind of, it's really trained me for what we're doing now. I'm kind of in a really good routine with it and I'm really used to appreciating nature and not really expecting to go anywhere or do anything very exciting. But yeah. Interesting, you know, as you say, the profession that we're in, you're so used to taking care of other people's health and their wellness. And it's that thing of, you know, when you're objectively looking at something, you know, you know, sometimes people give the advice of, would you treat your friends in the same way that you treat yourself and all that, that yeah. kind of stuff. But I think that, yeah, when, when, when you're looking after so many other people and their health and their wellness, and it's so clear to you because you're not in it, it's, it's then very, very different when it's yourself. And that even goes for, you know, trainers, how many trainers get to, train exactly the way they want to 
but don't get to. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because they're, you know, they're they're advising on a certain way of training or however many sessions or how much recovery or whatever. And then you find yourself running around after your clients, your sessions or from gym to gym and your training and your health and your everything loses out as a result. And, you know, I do know a lot of trainers that have that balanced very well too, but it's just quite a typical thing in the fitness industry, in the wellness industry, that when you put everyone's health, you know, mm-hmm. as a priority, because you're reminding them that, that sometimes your health can, can suffer. So what was it then about the, the holiday? Like what were, so obviously you, you said that there are a few little flags along the way that you kind of brushed under the carpet um, <laughs> and, and marched on. Uh, what was it about the, the holiday when you're away? Like what, what made you go, right, okay, I need to, I need to sort this out now or, or start looking into this? Well, you know, it was like, I, th- I think for a couple of years, we'd had some really big projects as a business that we were running. And again, once, you, once I'm in project mode, I'm all dopamine. And it's really interesting because that's when I <laughs> have real problems with my reproductive hormones. And this, I kind of spoke about this at your events. I have like recurrent amenorrhea so which is when your cycle completely disappears that's been on and off ever since I kind of started literally since I started in the in the fitness industry I would say but I also think it was related to taking the pill for so many years so I have a very sensitive cycle (laughs) it disappears at the slightest bit of stress that um as soon as I launched a fitness business and I often speak about this with uh, my partner Matt it's just been really hard for me to have a normal cycle. And I often say to women, that's feedback that there's something out of balance. And we know that really, you know, your mm. mental cycle is really just saying things are okay or things are not okay, because it is really about, is there enough in the body? Is, are there enough resources for reproduction? And I think what mine tends to feedback is, no, this is a really stressful environment. It wouldn't make sense to be pregnant. So the cycle disappears, but you know, for other people that manifest as different hormonal symptoms. And I'd actually started um, doing working with a herbalist and herbal medicine is really powerful for for hormones and managed to get a regular cycle back. And that was really great. But again, I'm just then have this tendency to think, well, I've got everything balanced. So then I just go again. So it was more projects. And I'd started to notice what I think happens. Literally, you know, slapping wrist. I think what really happens is that as a trainer, nutritionist, whatever in the wellness industry, you cherry pick a little bit. So I would often say, yeah, but I eat really well. I find that really easy now. I've done this for years. I know what a good breakfast, lunch and dinner is. I know what supplements to take just to kind of sustain myself. I know what to take if I'm pushing myself a little bit as well and quite good with sleep. But like with exercise, I'll quickly, I'll do something that's quick and convenient. So I was getting up at like five and running with the dog because it would fit with the routine and then dashing into London, lecturing, coming home, seeing clients working. So it's getting a bit insane and just started to notice I was getting some abdominal pain and I thought, well, that's a bit weird. Went to see my doctor and he was like, I'll refer you for an ultrasound, but they couldn't find anything. And then it soon became like a burning pain. And I thought, well, that's a bit weird, but I'm going on holiday soon. So it'll all disappear then. But actually on holiday, everything just got worse. And I ended up with full gastritis, which is just like really bad burning in the stomach, similar to like an ulcer. So kind of, Mm, I actually thought I've probably given myself an ulcer through stress, just doing too much. And ended up in hospital <laughs> in abroad uh, in Portugal, which was interesting. Um, ended up flying home and then had to go through lots and lots of horrible tests to find out what it was. And I actually didn't really get to the bottom of it because the waiting lists here are so long for gastroenterology. 
So I did some mm. private testing, stool testing, things like that. And it just, everything was just feeding back that <laughs> you might as well have just written your rect on a test result. That would have just made <laughs> <laughs> So I had like foot infections, like Campylobacter and things like that. But your body should be able to fight those things. And my body wasn't fighting it. My menstrual cycle had gone again. So it was all just suggesting, you know, kind of, you, you know, I was just crashing out really. I learned quite a lot in that I had my kidney function started to plummet. So then it gets scary because then I was like, oh my goodness. And then I think really what happens, and I see this again in, in all people who are in the wellness industry or helping others, teachers as well. And interestingly, through all this, I end up going to a lot of yoga classes and meeting other people who were recovering from burnout through, you know, corporate lifestyle or corporate, um, you know, they've gone down the corporate route or because they ran a, a fitness studio. I met some amazing people who all had really similar experiences where they just kept going and going and going. You just start to realize that, you know, the, the body just has a limited, it's just limited resources. And we, we can't just keep picking and choosing and thinking because we're doing a few good things, you know, it's okay. At some point, essentially what my body did, there's an amazing book called When the Body Says No, and my body just said no. And um, just kind right, of okay. stopped me in my tracks, shut me down, and that was it. But the number of things like tests I had to go through that were quite scary, you know, having tubes down your throat and all that kind of stuff to see. And then mm. being told, oh, you've got lots of inflammation down there. You look like you've drunk and smoked, you know, drunk alcohol and smoked for years. You know, it's like, what, how have I done that to myself? And wow. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. There's me like eating broccoli sprouts and kale and you know, like, really healthy. You're like, I know, I know what to you to eat. What are you talking about? Check again. <laughs> yeah, you've got the wrong thing. But yeah, it just for me, it was a big lesson on your nervous system, like your wiring is the biggest, has the biggest impact essentially. And that mine was just in full fight or flight stress mode, which is an inflammatory driver, you know, and, and that's, that's kind of where I got to. And then I think I had this really interesting period of revis revisiting my entire perspective on life, which has always been a little bit, I suppose, in I'm a bit of a workaholic, but I'm also... I'm constantly in fear mode. I'm constantly thinking I'm not working enough. I'm not good enough. I don't know enough. <laughs> Major imposter right, okay. all the time. All really common. Yeah, yeah. Lots of people. So it's been really good to revisit all of that and think, well, those types of emotions are actually now reflecting in my digestive health, my hormone health, my physical health. So if I want to change that, because mm. um, mine definitely wasn't, you know, food. And, and you know, as I said, to look at me, everything else was there in terms of the diet was okay, doing a little bit of exercise, you know, that was all there. So this was completely driven by other factors. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and so you said Chinese medicine, you had some success with that. What did that look like? So what was quite interesting is because I had several things kind of looking I became a bit of a medical mystery to lots of different doctors, got referred to guys' hospitals or some really good specialists, but they were all running tests. And the thing is, because I already do a lot of digestive health and functional medicine testing, I already knew the things that it wasn't. I knew I didn't have Crohn's or celiac. I knew mm. I didn't have an ulcer. I ran as many tests as I could on myself and took them all along. So it's really interesting to have a conversation with people at a high level, you know, and actually started to get into debates sometimes where they were like, we need to run all these tests and it's going to take six months. And and my symptoms, by the way, were really interesting because I had this chronic nausea that developed. Um, so first of all, it was just a bit of abdominal pain, bloating, normal kind of like irritable bowel stuff. Then I got gastritis and then I got this constant nausea. And did you get nausea in pregnancy, Joss? No, I didn't. Thank goodness. 
because uh, honestly, because and it did last for about it's, it took it's eight months before it went away. But it was basically nausea oh. if I ate too much if I lay down, if uh, nausea overnight, and I'd have to wake about three times to go for a pee in the night. And my stomach was always really swollen and quite painful. And I was like, I've actually kind of got the symptoms of pregnancy here, but without anything going to happen at the end. It was really weird. Yeah. So anyone that ever goes through severe, wow. I have so much sympathy for because you do not want to do anything. To be fair, just even the discomfort of it. Oh. Like, you know, I have so much yeah. sympathy for people. But And then I... Um, and I kept saying to them, and the wait list was so long. It was like, you're going to have to wait four months for this test, that test. And in the end, I went for acupuncture. So very random. Totally believe in the universe now after all of this, uh, as in the universe. <laughs> <laughs> I went for some electroacupuncture, which I've always loved for hormones. They often do it on the on the glands. They'll do electric ac- electroacupuncture. And I've, that got my cycle back once before. Can you just describe what electroacupuncture is? Because I have not heard of that before. <laughs> Oh, have you not? Oh my God, it's amazing for injuries as well. I mean, I know obviously acupuncture, but not electroacupuncture. That sounds like some new funked out vibe kind of acupuncture. (laughs) Well, it's essentially they put the needles in and then they connect them and put a charge through. Again, I'm I'm not actually kind of trained in traditional Chinese medicine, but I remember somebody actually, he was a really great uh, osteopath, also a big fan of kettlebells. I met him on a fitness course, said to me that the thing is with Chinese medicine, it's really similar sometimes to conventional medicine. They just use a very different language. And whereas we might talk about right. like, uh, blood flow, you know, if we're talking to people about oxygen, blood flow, those types of things, or lymphatic, the Chinese talk about qi mm. and energy flow and stimulating it with acupuncture and um, using an electric current, sending that through the body. And I had a session of that and I came out and Matt said, God, you've got like color in your cheeks for the first time in a long time. You look like, you you know, you look wow. energized by that. And I said, I feel really good. And they said to me, do you want to try Chinese herbs um, for your kind of uh, digestive issues? And I thought about it and I was like, it's, I don't know. I, I like herbal medicine, but I was like, I was a bit tired. I'd already tried just normal herbs. Like um, I went to see a herbalist who made me some teas with like cinnamon and ginger and chamomile, but they just hadn't really it helped with the bloating, but hadn't really changed that much. But when you have gastritis, right. you can't have alcohol, which herbalists put everything in alcohol to make it really strong. And I'd also done lots of like bone broth and things like that. So I was a bit over it. And I was <laughs> just contemplating face planting into a bag of M&Ms at that point. It's <laughs> nothing. <worse. laughs> Screw it. Everything's in flames anyway. <laughs> Give me all the stuff. <laughs> I'm going to make a damn difference. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I went away, thought about it. And then I said, right, I'm going to, I'm going to try it. And, um, yeah, it just in four weeks, the nausea just started to subside and then the digestive systems in, uh, in symptoms started to disappear and everything just got better and it's just been amazing. So, and, and again, if you look, what was really interesting wow. at the time is I did also consult a functional medicine doctor in America who's also really into kind of, again, paleo, primal, kettlebells, you know, kind of the lifestyle medicine mm. side of things. He actually set up the British Society of Lifestyle Medicine over here. And I asked him, consulted with him, sent him all my tests. And, and he said, you know, this is kind of a, looks like it's a combination of like nervous system stuck in inflammatory mode, gut stuff. And he sent me some research on the digestive system. And it had this big list of things that are just really helpful for nourishing your good bacteria and then not getting rid of your bad. And I think one of my problems is I've had so many antibiotics and I actually had to take a few when I was lecturing. You get, right. Have you ever had tonsillitis when you've been teaching? No, I mean, I had it when I was super young, but not not 
not yeah in my adult life so it's quite common with teachers and also fitness instructors because you're shouting all the time and then you're training and then mm. you really they think you almost like run down the first line defensive the like mucus in the throat and things like that and that's then you're really susceptible like runners to like an upper respiratory tract infection or, or streptococcus which is tonsillitis so i got a really bad mm. tonsillitis infection and had to take a load of antibiotics to get rid of that and i think just over time they say that you can end up really just um really getting you know destroying your gut bacteria and it never bounces back like it should do and these papers right. were saying to have it listed all these things that were really good. Cocoa was on there, by the way. So that was big tick. Dream. <laughs> Let's get some. <laughs> uh, they were saying cocoa, carrots, brown rice, green tea, caraway seeds, and then it listed a ton of Chinese herbs and said these, these different Chinese herbs, which have been used in traditional Chinese medicine for thousands of years, are really helpful in scientific studies for rebalancing the gut and inflammation and other things so that was kind of another thing that I was like right this is a scientific paper I'm going to go and try it and so I'm now I think three months in and yeah it's made a really really big difference and now he's working on my hormone wow (laughs) so because they all disappeared I lost so much weight god I went down to the I haven't even weighed that little for a long time and what's crazy about that situation as well is the number of people that compliment you (laughs) when you are ill because you don't you're like no no People were literally saying, what you part? I'd like it. And it's, it's such a sad thing. You know, people were like, I had lots of people say that to me. And I was like, you really don't want what I've got. And, you know, you really miss the yeah. you know, training and everything. Like I couldn't train for so, like for a good couple of months. It was really, really hard. And then I started doing a bit of strength training just to try and hold on to some muscle and some sanity <laughs> after a while. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's been very interesting. Gosh. <laughs> and so... And, and, you know, we were were talking kind of briefly before we started recording, but so you were saying obviously now, because I guess you were looking at all of the stuff that you like, I've got my food right, I do this, I know what to take, um, but you had to go down into a slightly deeper level in terms of, all right, how am I thinking about this, this whole thing? Is my thinking process healthy I guess, because you were talking about there was a level of surrender that you had to just go, right, okay, this is what it is. And I can fit all the pieces in that I know of. What now? And I think that was then how you thought about it. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, because so what ended up happening was because I flew home from holiday and had all these symptoms. And obviously you get then you actually get like I call it like symptom anxiety, like health anxiety, because you just don't know what it is you're waiting for all these tests and then you're waiting for the results of the test. Like clearly you can see doctors and consultants are really concerned about you as well because you don't look well. So you get into this cycle of like, why me? You know, I've done everything. Then you also have this moment of real guilt because you're like, actually, you know, I did push it too much. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done this. And over time I started to realize that actually all I was doing was reinforcing in in a way this, this kind of imbalance in my entire body, which was, you know, if you look at traditional medicine, always talks about a mind-body connection. And in new new research, we call it neuroendocrine immune, which is basically how you're thinking affects your hormones and affects your immune system. Because if you're always scared about something, then your body's going to upregulate inflammatory mechanisms, inflammatory chemicals to protect you. Because it thinks there's a lion around the corner if we're going to go back to like ancestral times. And so Mm. tend to see in if that is your dominant emotion so fear and anxiety worry always in to-do mode 
is that that's going to be the balance of the body. The immune system is always tipped towards inflammation and the hormones are always tipped towards fight or flight and you're going to suppress reproductive health. And so when I came back and and, and was trying to then, I, I went into kind of fixed mode. Or I can fix this. I can do this. I can find a way, you know, I'm going to do all these things. But then equally realized I was also trying to control the situation again. Um, and the big mm. feature or theme throughout this for me has been that I'm actually a control freak in every sense. So about my business, about a lecture that I might have to do, about a client case, about helping my parents. That's a massive thing that I had to really revisit. So finally had to, I'm always helping my parents and family and and always trying to control Matt and my partner in some way, like in terms of his health, what's he eating, what's he doing? <laughs> and yeah. really had to, and I, I really empathize with, as I mentioned, I kind of ended up bumping into, I think the universe made this happen, lots of other people in really similar positions, mainly because I was like, so I was going to yin yoga classes and things, but, you know, parents going through the same thing, like trying to control everything about their, their, their children from their health to what they eat, to how they mm. think who they're interacting with. And it gets to that point where it's just become such a, a stressful, you know, negative mindset about everything. You're always thinking the worst case scenario. You're always thinking that things are going to go wrong. And, and that's almost like your first thought when mm. you wake up. And so this is where, and I had to go right back through, I didn't really, I thought about going to have some like counseling and talking therapy, like I often suggest to clients, but actually I just did a lot of listening to some podcast talks, going for big walks with friends. And I think this goes right back to like, you know, teenage years, early adult life, you know, you're just kind of taught certain behaviors. And I think I had some difficult situations in my teenage years that mean that I'm always thinking that worst case scenario might happen. And that has turned me into a bit of a control freak. And in so many ways, mm. I always worry that I'm just, as I've mentioned, I'm worried about my business. I'm worried about my clients. And I can't, I've realized that if I want to do those things, if I want to run a business, if I want to help clients, I've got to start letting go. And I've got to start accepting mm. that I can't control everything. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I don't lead this plan. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, and I really started to listen to, actually a lot of people like Russell Brand, um, I don't know if you listen to his podcast and, and a lot of, well, I haven't actually, but I'll give it, give it a whirl. Well, anything on addiction where they talk, talk about the 12 steps, because essentially I was kind of addicted to, I was, I suppose like emotions and work and things like that. It was a, it's a different type of addiction. But I often, I have to stick to this kind of rigid routine of how I think and what I do. And that's what I started to let go mm. of and think about breathing and getting up and doing more gratitude, um, you know, kind of gratitude journaling and going for walks and accepting situations, letting stuff go. Like I said, if I was going to be criticized or if somebody, because when you, when I was ill, I realized very quickly that some people will be really concerned about you and some people will kind of, some people will be very unsympathetic and feel very let down by you not turning up and showing up. People will still demand mm. things of you, even though you haven't got the capacity anymore, you're exhausted. And I had to start stepping back, letting go and realizing that sometimes I think you're seeking status as well, if that makes sense. You want to be the helper. You want to be yeah. the person that steps in and fixes. And I had to realize that I can't be that for everyone. And uh, so, mm. yeah, I had to start going... I, I just need to put myself first, self-care, my body first. And that mm. is what I really want to take forward <laughs> as I've got my health back and keep that balance yeah. so that I'm not on a podcast yeah. for another year's time going on. Karis, <laughs> <laughs> did we not talk about this? <laughs> but I think, you know, it's, and that that's then the boundary piece, isn't it? And also yeah. 
you know, the idea that, you know, the world isn't going to fall apart if you aren't doing all of the things that you feel like you you should be doing. Because um, I know, like, I, I now call myself a recovering perfectionist because I used to oh, just want everything to be so perfect that I, I can't remember when and how it changed, but I don't know, maybe it was after I had a Bjorn, I can't remember, but I got it into my head that like something always, something will always give. Once I had that in my head, I was like, okay, so like, you know, now obviously we're in, in um, lockdown at the moment, middle of COVID-19. And I think I was saying to you before that my house is like a bomb Mm -hmm. and that's the thing that's giving right now. And even though it's irking the hell out of me, it's the thing, you know, that's, that's giving. But I think, you know, again, it comes back to being in that, in this, in this service industry where, you just give and you give and you give and you give and you give and 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 completely i get that like people are then going thank you so much you've helped me so much and if you're if you're then not doing that then you're not going to get that feedback and people thanking you for changing their lives and all of those those things so i can i can see that it absolutely is an addiction to to want to still not perform but to to be able to you know deliver as much as you as you can. And then the fear piece is then what if I'm not delivering that? What if I don't do that? Then what happens? Honestly, you've really hit the nail on the head. And I think somebody who really spoke to me in the time when I was trying to deal with that situation and go, because I I really questioned my purpose because I was like, well, what, 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 what am I here for now if I can't do anything? And I had to kind of just, I said to you when we were chatting earlier, I've I've not cried that much for a long time because also Mm -hmm. you come out of that kind of, you know, like dopamine junkie mode and stop, you realize, you know, a lot of emotion comes out and you realize that you've you've just been in work mode for a long time and, you know, you've neglected a lot of things. And I think I've also, you know, felt I could keep really busy through difficult situations emotionally, like I've lost friends and family and I've I've kind of almost rushed through that process. I haven't wanted to grieve or anything like that. So that all kind of comes out, but there's, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the work of someone called Gabor Mate. But no, he wrote, write them down. He's very good. He, so he wrote the book When the Body Says No and talks a lot about how your health symptoms and even things like addiction are kind of more of a symptom of your emotional state. And that's a lot about your conditioning. So it's how you how you grew up, your experiences, what you're exposed to. And he talks about mm-hmm. as a child, how you're totally authentic. You only need mm-hmm. as a child. So if you look at uh, your little boys. It's it's authentic. They're very authentic. You only know authenticity mm-hmm. and you know attachments. And they always want to attach. And of course, that's why they bond with each other, with siblings, with um, other children and with their parents. And then as you grow older, you start to value attachments more and therefore you suppress authenticity so that you can fit in. And I think with mm-hmm. media and when the world went online and especially the fitness industry and everyone just starts looking around and comparing that is when it really changed for for me and I think for a lot of people and suddenly you don't feel like maybe being authentic is enough or that you know it's right anymore so you're trying to look at the people who are very popular and I'm not saying that I ever tried to mimic anybody but I think I just I definitely wasn't my myself or I would procrastinate like like you I'm a perfectionist so I wouldn't do things because it wasn't good enough um you know, it didn't mm. match up. And I think these negative emotions are really catching up with people. And I think one of the positive things that's come out of lockdown is that everyone's kind of 
I don't know, brushed a lot of that aside and just wants to connect with anybody. And no one's got, like, no one's had their hair done for a long time. No one's got makeup. We're all getting a bit, we're all getting a bit fat. It's just like, like, we're all in the same boat, finally. We're all realizing what's really, you know, now there's something that challenges you, whether you've got lots of money, no money, whether you've got family and no family, it challenges all of us and we're all in the same boat and we're all suddenly just wanting human connection. And I think mm. one of the good things that we're realizing what's important and our, you know, and our environment and starting to look, look at that and we're starting mm. to not give a flip. And I, I definitely, when it all kicked off, me and Matt said to each other, we can either show up now, step up and try and help people or we can hide. <laughs> and we stepped up and I, I care less and less. I'm going online. Mm. I've got my hair. I've got, I'm not even, I didn't even like brush my hair this morning or, or brush my teeth. <laughs> so I was very late up. But <laughs> so I'm just caring less, you know, and I just, and that's because of the situations given me, both situations have given me perspective. So, so true. And just, yeah, I mean, I think that, the you know the fitness industry is just a I think there's so much room for so many people in it and just just really interesting what you say about that authenticity piece as a child because yeah that's that's exactly you know it's particularly Bjorn you know he's five now and he like he is in his world and he wants to bring us into his world. And, you know, we've got to be very careful about, you know, we'll be playing a game and then he'll be like, no, no. So we should do it like this. And, you know, it could be a game that we know the rules of and he doesn't know. We're already then trying to say, no, no, this is how it is. And, but in his mind, in his world, he thinks we should do it this way. And we should just damn well embrace that rather yeah. than going, no, let's just lose your imagination and let's do it, do it our way. And so he, it, and obviously, you know, spending now more time with him, obviously, because he's not in school right now, you, you kind of delve more and more into their world. And then at the same time, as a, as a parent are thinking, and I, and I actually, I don't really suffer that badly with mom guilt at all. Um, because I kind of think that I'm doing the best job I can and I'm human. So I'm going to mess up sometimes, um, a lot of times probably, but as long as I can love him and understand, let him understand that he's loved very much, then hopefully that's a, that's a a good thing. I just, I, I, yeah, I kind of just don't really do the mom guilt thing, but we do kind of reflect most days on like, how do we think the day has gone? Do we need to handle, um, a situation in a different way? Because kids are so malleable in that way as well. Like the next, you know, you, you, we might have a day where he's just like, we're just like, Oh, sweet Jesus. Like, (laughs) what are we dealing with here? And then we're like, no, let's get, cause it's always us. It's, it's very rarely him. It's always how we've handled the situation. So then we go back to the, back to the drawing board, like, right, we're going to approach this like this tomorrow. And the next day he is dandy. Like they don't hold on to stuff the way we do, you know? So the next day or even the next hour, the next five minutes, things are cool. So um, it's just, yeah, really, really interesting that we, we kind of see that particularly now kind of brought to life in, you know, how they are and how authentic they are. And, um, but, you know, as you say, as we get older and then we, we sort of lose that to, to fit into what we believe then is going to be accepted by others uh, and that's so, 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 so prominent in the, in the fitness industry. And, and you still, you sort of think like get to a place and you're like, right, I kind of know how I think and know who I am. And, 
a few things happen or or for me certainly in this lockdown period like just it's given me a bit more freedom to think I'm like right actually no this is what I am gonna do moving forward and actually I I haven't I, I was probably quite the opposite to to you and Matt in terms of when when all of this happens so obviously in the, at the start of week five now you know you guys were saying right we'll step up and serve um, and you know obviously you'd, you'd created that platform in which you could do that for me I was a bit like oh okay I'm, I don't really know how to navigate this at all this this situation and it was very much about kind of like well, right well let me get kind of home sorted first and again primarily Bjorn because he's five he had just started school this year and and getting all of that like as settled as it as it could be and I kind of I guess stepped away a bit from you know my my work and and stuff like that because I I I, I would I was trying to figure out the situation, what it felt like, what do I say, what do I, what do I not say? So for me, I, I kind of take, took a bit of a step back, and now I'm kind of, you know, moving, moving back into it. But yeah, just, just really, really interesting because also the, the fitness industry has been hit hard by this in terms of gyms closing or not being able to operate, and they will take a while to open up again because they are large spaces with large numbers of people very close to one another and touching metal things yeah probably going to be the last thing to open and it's it's weird because there's this kind of mixture of you know sadness about that because I've got friends you know as you have that own venues premises that are really concerned that they won't survive this in the in a way me having nine months of like self-care looking after myself has meant that I was kind of ready to do something again I've just got to be careful not to do too much again um, yeah, you've got to having had, gone through that, <laughs> <laughs> but having gone through the mindset process, there was a lot more kind of like I don't really care now as much anyway. But also, I think you have just got to focus on like you're doing. What are your strengths? What can you offer? What can you do? Don't look around at what everyone else is doing. That's what, you know, Matt and I often have to kind of you know, catch each other not not doing that because that makes you doubt yourself again. That's where you slip into that kind of like you'll lose the authenticity because you'll compare and, and try to be like, you know, yeah. and it's human nature, I think, to do that. But if, you know, I've, I know just, I know people who've kind of forgotten that there might be five or six people that just want to do a little bit of mobility. And if you can help five or six people and they tell mm. two more people, suddenly you've got 12 people. There's still, now the whole world needs us, you know, in, in terms of for, for they need to move and they need to stay healthy and fit in this really difficult time. And they don't want to be tortured or lectured or punishing workouts. They just, they want to have some fun. They want to get some knowledge on maybe and just get some tips and, and not feel like they're being judged has been our experience. And, and, but also from, from our perspective, we're also in, you know, every now and then we're kind of finding ourselves at the fridge door and like, it's sod's law my nausea is now gone so I don't really I can eat anything again so I'm like I do actually have to stop myself eating peanut M&Ms again now um so but so we've always said like okay let's start to because you can't get to the supermarket let's stop snacking and, and then we'll just talk through what we're doing you know people have found it really helpful and um you know I think if you've got any knowledge and any skills don't give a toss what you look like don't give a toss about the detail just 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 help a couple of people you know and like I said soon mm. find first time we rocked up and did a live it, it was my honest we did a, a live training session on Facebook it was my worst nightmare 
And I, I can't even tell you how horrendous. I was like, this is just not me. I am not Mr. Motivator. I don't do this kind of stuff. I loved every minute of it because people just started bouncing on going, hello, you know, oh, thank you. And, and then suddenly I was like, actually, this is really good fun. And then we've gone from there and we've done live workouts and similar on things like stretching, foam rolling, stuff that you, you've been doing for years. And I've been doing for years. How to, mm. you know, a couple of quick, healthy recipes you know, when we've been making them when we get in late at night, you have as well. And people are like, oh, this is really helpful now. I've got time to cook. I really want to learn and try and take these skills forward. So in so many ways, it is an opportunity for, for, for people in the industry. And what I think everyone, just, just go rock up to where you feel comfortable. Don't like go completely out of your comfort zone. And before you know it, you're going to have people that, that really just want to listen and, and be helped. Yeah, it's so, so interesting. And I think as well, just going back to, just, I mean, I, you may or may not know, but I'm massively obsessed with just, you know, you know, our thoughts affect everything so, 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 so much. And, you know, I was, I recorded a podcast, um, probably about a month ago now with a lady, Emma Hackett, and, um, she's a mental performance coach. And she was saying like 80% of our, thoughts are negative yeah 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 I've heard that you know habitual as well so we sort of go around on autopilot thinking shit things (laughs) day in day out and so of course like if you are in any way like feeling negative and that is just happening again and again like but actually to 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 switch that to turn that around and i don't know if you, if if you found this but it's such hard work to then try and flip that a to catch yourself to catch those negative thoughts even if you have a a positive thought or um you know you think about you know something you'd like to do or a goal you have or or a habit you'd like to create or whatever and then the negative just jumps in like a millisecond later going, oh yeah, no, I'm not sure about that. And just even kind of catching that, like it's so fascinating to kind of observe that in your own mind, you know, and I worked with, I don't know if you met Katie, actually, she spoke at the very first Women in Fitness Summit that I did, Katie Page, and she, I worked with her for a while and she was helping me with, um, she, she's a sports psychologist basically. So I was working with her whilst I was competing. I remember I would speak with her. um, I think I was working with her weekly at that stage, but I would speak with her each week and I'd have like, you know, just a couple of exercises to do. She was very mindful because hello, hi there, type A. I'd be like, right, (laughs) how many million things do I need to do this week to, to, you know, (laughs) fix up mindset? Um, She'd give me like a visualization. I was like, should I do it once an hour? And she's like, no, just do it when you wake up before you go to bed. (laughs) But um, I remember saying to her, like, it's so hard. Like, it's so hard to change that, that thinking to really, really work on redirecting your thoughts into a different way of, of, operating. And even, even that in itself saying it's so hard is, 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 not helping, like saying maybe, you know, I find it a challenge to blah, blah, blah is better than saying, you know, it's so hard. But so many of us are going around on, on autopilot until we have to go, like say in your situation. You're absolutely right. And I like the way I like that you used autopilot because I was going to say the other, the other way that I've heard it phrased is 95% of your thoughts are subconscious. So below conscious. So it's like a chattering mm. mind, or like you said, an autopilot mm. mode that's going on that you have no awareness of. That's half the time, not real. It's you talking about things that might happen, could happen, should happen. Yeah. You think you almost know what everyone thinks about you 
when you don't. Yeah. I heard, uh, yeah. I read a book recently where they said it's even kind of like, it's quite egotistical to think, you think everyone's thinking about you all the time, but half the time they're not. They're, <laughs> not, even yeah. they're not even looking, you know. They're so busy thinking about really their own. They're thinking about me 24 7. How, <laughs> how rude. <laughs> but it is this dialogue. And I think the first thing I did was develop an awareness of it. And then in the morning, I was like, crikey, I'd go for a walk in the woods and I'd be like, crikey, I talk some rubbish to myself. Like, and it was very negative, like you said, and then slowly started to think about those thoughts and, and think, are they useful? And if they weren't, you know, is it useful? Is it true? Is it actually a reality? No, then mm. chuck it. And then get on with something that mm. that's kind of, bring yourself back to the present and, and focus on the practical stuff, the, the stuff that you can do. And I think it also helps sometimes you know you verbalize I'm sure you do this with BJ I'll verbalize it sometimes to Matt and his face will just be like he actually gives me this line from Samuel L. Jackson which film where he kind of turns to a woman and goes bitch please <laughs> that, that line to me when I verbalize what I'm thinking <laughs> it's so true though we're so in our heads and also I think one thing that I find really interesting about that is that no matter how much you know about mindset, whether you're a teacher of it, whether you're, you know, have been doing it for years and you write books on it, it's still work every day. Oh, yeah. So you don't, you know, become, you know, it's very easy to be Zen sat on top of a freaking mountain, but, you know, you have to kind of come back into real life and still apply that. And so some of the people who I re- like, whether it was, you know, Emma, you know, Hackett, who I was speaking to, she was saying that she, you know, had this, she was really comfortable working like with her, with her one-to-one clients and stuff, but kind of out there a bit more, that was something that brought her like a little bit of, you know, like, oh God, can I do it? Can I do it? And I was listening to um, Ryan Flaherty, who's the head of performance at at Nike. He did a talk um, for all of us trainers over like an online chat. And he was saying that, you know, he did this phenomenal talk on mindset that he was like, you know, I have this thing about speaking in front of people, in front of big audiences. He's like, he was like, right now, like I'm behind my computer screen. It's fine. It's just like, I'm talking to my computer. But, and in my head, I was like, oh my God, but you know, all of this mindset stuff. So how, how are you not applying? But then, you know, if you, again, going back to 80, 90, 95% of our thoughts are Negative. you know, yeah, yeah. negative, that's a whole lot to work through. So of course they have their things and, you know, like, are you, are you familiar with um, Joe Dispenza? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's a habit of being you, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and he, you know, even he says like, you know, some days are easier than others. And I'm like, well, frickin' if it's hard for Joe, what hope have I got? <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, I, I think it's, it's fascinating. Like, it's absolutely fascinating. I think that you'll always have a tug of war. That's what I would say. It will always be a tug of war between your kind of default mode, your chattering mind, yeah. knowing the reality, letting it go, and you just catch yourself. And I don't think I'll ever be the person that's kind of, I don't know that anyone ever really truly nails it. Like you've just said, even the people that specialize and are professional coaches in all of this stuff. But I know there's people more zen than me uh, Paul Watson is one actually I have to say you introduced me to him and he had a big influence on me in terms of his you know the, the things that he says you are not your thoughts you know the breathing exercises yeah. all those things have really helped me breathing actually transformed me and it used to get my symptoms to pretty much either if they were flaring it would help to decrease them and overnight I'd wake up feeling sick and I'd breathe and it would disappear and I'd fall back to sleep 
So just wow. like four seconds in, four seconds out, or you know, four seconds in, seven seconds out. Um, so again, mm-hmm. kind of gives me that clue that it's nervous system. It's your it's your wiring is just you know kind of I'm, I'm not wired correctly for this world. <laughs> <laughs> just got to rejig a few wires. Um, but um, but but also it's so promising that you know, even like a, there's a, a guy, um, Pat Flynn, and I think, um, I can't remember what his book is called. I think it's something like how to, how to be better at anything or something like that. And his view is that, you know, you don't, he, he's very much pro being a generalist and he's like to be better at most people at most things doesn't actually take that much more effort. It just takes a little bit more effort to, to do that. But if you do that, then you will become better at a lot of, you know, better than a lot of people at a lot of things. And I think it's the same thing here that even if you use one or two or maybe three of those tools and you do it consistently, still a large majority of our thoughts being negative, you're still going to be so far ahead of, of everyone else who's just not aware of the power of being in some sort of control of, over their thoughts. Do you know, I'd say that that's such a good point because where it always goes wrong for me is when I try to go really deep at something, become an expert, practice it really hard. I either get bored of it, I get stressed by it, I put myself under too much pressure to know everything about it. And over time, Mm. I've kind of come to realize that you are a jack of all health or, you know, like you said, or a generalist. And that's when it comes to mindset, sleep, nutrition, exercise, on every level, when I've tried to run faster and compete in races, I get injured. Do you know what I mean? I just, and I take the enjoyment out of everything. Now I just go for a run with the dog and I really enjoy it. And I don't try and do any distance and I plod. I call it nana running because I just like plod along, <laughs> go for a nana run um, and just enjoy it. <laughs> and it's same with the breathing. I, I don't know that I want to go and do breath classes and things like that, but I definitely feel a benefit. Sometimes I just disappear upstairs and lie down and do some breathing exercises, breathe with my training, breathe with a bit of yoga. And, and, you know, that really does help reset me, you know? So I think just crowdsource information, implement it, but the consistency is the most important thing. And that only comes when you're, you're not making it too onerous and too complicated. So. So what is, what is um, future Keris looking like in terms of her, her habits and her keeping shit under control <laughs> in a good way. Well, do you know what? One thing I've been quite impressed with is even during this this kind of lockdown, we've got a bit busier and there's more people kind of reaching out, asking a lot of questions. But I've been doing things like taking myself off for a couple of hours in the garden, just lying in the sun, walks without music or podcasts or anything, just listening to the birds singing. So I think it is, it's just going to be getting that balance. And I don't know, I, I like, I'm always going to be the sort of person and you're the same Joss that I'm always going to need. How dare you? <laughs> I'm going to need a purpose and project and I'm going to need to know what, what is it that I'm going to do. But I think in some ways I'm just going to let things appear to me a little bit more. So, you know, anyone that had a business plan for this year, what the heck mm. now do you know what I mean the, like to all that planning all those goals all those things that you were going to do and I was lucky in that I'd given up on everything and I was just like I just want to fix my body you know I just want to get well so I'd given up on anything mm. doing a little bit of work about a third of what I'd normally do and you know now this situation has happened and suddenly all the online content that I'd made a year before is now really relevant to people I had no control yeah. of any of that and this is what I mean about I've just stepped back and gone I'm just gonna let things kind of come to me a bit more and so I think really it is about slowing down literally halving my speed 
and looking after myself and just stepping back and, and looking at opening my mind a bit more and letting opportunities come in. And really, this is the irony of it, listening to my gut, because I did a lot of things last year, a lot of corporate work. I took on a lot of lectures that I was like, oh, that's really complicated. I don't know if I can do it. And then you can imagine the pressure you put on yourself and the stress and, you know, and the corporate work it's, you know, I enjoy it actually, but there were some that was really intensive and, you know, it was just, you're not really asking yourself, do I enjoy this or am I just doing this because it's an opportunity or because I've got to, or because I need to earn the money to follow your gut feeling on stuff. Is it right for you? Is this like your, your thing where, where you really shine and you're good at it? And every now and then, of course, go out your comfort zone. But I think our guts and our hormones are always trying to tell us if we're going in the right direction. I'm very good at ignoring mine and then paying the consequences. So coming down mm. a couple of gears is, is really helpful. And like I said, opportunities have come up that I never expected. I've started teaching yoga in a studio after going to loads of classes and I absolutely love it. And then again, after learning yoga, I, d- I did my teacher training and was like, I don't know if I'll ever teach because it's really complicated to teach yoga. You have to talk all the time. <laughs> like it's really mm-hmm. complicated. But actually, I've really enjoyed it. So yeah, wow. let things come to you a little bit more rather than, you know, kind of chasing, chasing all the time. And actually, as you were talking there, I've thought of a really brilliant woman who a friend of mine Ruth I think would work so she I worked with I worked with Ruth years ago at Nike and now she has her own company but I saw Ruth maybe it was in 20 where are we now 2020 so it was in 2018 when I was still pregnant with Max and I was just like Ruth I've got I do there are so many different strands of what I do I just need to, I need you to just sort of sort out my head, you know, streamline everything for me. So I sat with her for a day and then we went through this values exercise and I'd always gone through values exercises over the years, you know, working on business stuff, but we sat down and I spoke for maybe an hour, an hour and a half and she just wrote everything down. Then she summed up my values, five words, and I just burst into tears and I was like, someone finally gets me <laughs> um, and she was then she made a grid for me like um what what was it it was called the grid matrix or something I can't remember what it's called but it was like there were four different facets of of work or elements of what I do and if any work that came my way didn't fit into one of those four brackets then it was a no and that was so helpful in terms of what I accept, what I took on, um, what I didn't. And even in, in, you know, retrospect, looking back at some of the work I took on even last year, some of that was not reflective of that matrix. And, and you know, as a result is, is now no longer happening. So side note on that. So I can, I can very pass cool. her details on to you because she's brilliant yeah. at just getting all the crap out of your head down to paper and then, and then making it really succinct. And you go, oh my God, you know me better than I know myself. But she was brilliant. So yeah, really, 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 really good. Well, Karis, my goodness, this has been so good and such a different conversation for us because usually, you know, you're just pouring out your brain on the plethora of information in there around hormones and stuff. But it just seems like you've had a really, um, I guess, firsthand experience of, yeah, being forced to slow down by your body. And I think it will make you even more amazing now. (laughs) You're already absolutely fabulous. Um, But just in how you teach and all of your knowledge um, that, that, yeah, you can, you can add in those extra, extra layers now. So um, where can people find you, my love? And I don't want lots of people to find you. You've got to be chill. 
Karis has got boundaries now. So chill out, everyone. Here's my mobile number if you want to know anything. (laughs) So we are Fitter Food on Facebook and Instagram. And then we also have a site called Fitter365, which is kind of where we put all the information on hormones and digestive health and things like that. And it is very much do as I say, not as I do, probably, (laughs) in terms of that information. But yeah, the reason I know it all is, I know most of it is having been through it all. Yeah. 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 And you have uh, two books as well? Yep. So we have Paleo Primer and Paleo Primer Second Helping. So those are the books we wrote when we kind of first transitioned over to doing nutrition work with clients. And we have a podcast, Fitter Food Radio. Do you know, I hate doing the bio stuff and about me. I don't know why. Do you you feel like that? Is it just me? Uh, I think it might just be you, Karis. Yeah, I mean, no, I don't mind doing it. I kind of, yeah, I don't mind doing it because I guess it's just talking about what you do, isn't it? But you're very, um, oh yeah, you know, and yeah, we wrote two books as well. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> Karis is brilliant, everyone. Just, well, you know, you. I appreciate her perfectionism, <laughs> but not anymore. That won't happen again. <laughs> Karis, thank you so much. So interesting listening to that, you know, just, just going deeper into the, yeah, the whole, so what do you call it in, in so it's neuroendocrine? No, neuroendocrine what? immune system or as, as. So okay. it's called mind-body connection in traditional medicine. So yeah. They've known for years, so yeah. No, so good. So, so good. I love it all and only hope that I can, you know, decrease those negative thoughts by 5% and, and add on some positive ones. But it is, it's, 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 it's moment to moment work, isn't it? It's not even daily work. It's like catching all yeah. of those moments. Your hormones and your immune system when you're doing it. So yeah, that kind of motivates you. <laughs> and and you said you listened to podcasts um which which podcast did you listen to that helped you uh, that, so there's a couple of one that is really good for anybody in the wellness in- industry is a talk on youtube by gabor Marte, who i mentioned and it's called mm-hmm. caring for yourself whilst caring for others and i often said it to oh love that i often said to clients who are spending a lot of time looking after family partners parents and not really looking after themselves and another podcast i really enjoyed was how to fail and that's interviews with lots of celebrities about how they failed. <laughs> it just mm-hmm. really helped me when I was feeling like I was just crashing and burning. Yeah. Okay, cool. Love that. How to fail podcast. Okay, cool. Yeah, man. It's all about the failing. Yeah. <laughs> and not beating yourself up about it. Currently, I'm failing as a clean and tidy house person. No, you're not. You're not, honestly. You're not. Intensely. um Karis thank you so much as ever I could talk to you forever but and we will um well the women in fitness summit I had I had loose plans for a a summer one this year but um that's not that's not happening so we'll be October um September October I reckon this year so um I would love to have you back of course and I know that um we're going to do some stuff on your your Facebook as well so I'm excited for that too yeah that'd be amazing to have you on there Yay. Well, thank you so much, my love. Take care of you. I'm not sure when I will see you because I'm not sure when we're going to be out of this lockdown, but um, it will be great to see you when I do see you again. Yeah, definitely.